<laughs> with another episode today. Episode and 39. Episode 39. Arguably. Arguably. Debatably, episode 39. I know it's episode 39. <laughs> Megan might think it's 40. But I it's thought okay. it was 40 when we were doing the interview. But, you know, whatever. I guess we'll get over it's, the hill next time. Yep, we'll, we'll get 40 next time. Some bullshit. But first and foremost, uh, thanks again to our sponsors, SK Coffee. Ooh, ooh. Electro Voice. Ow! Olio. Uh-huh. Yeah, thank you to all you guys for keeping us awake and keeping us sounding good and keeping us high. Anyway, um with the C B D oil. Yeah, I know. Look out, look out. I'm so high from that right now, man. Dope. So we have several things to get through today. They're all very interesting. It's been a while since we've dropped a new episode, so we have lots of things going on in the world and we've compiled lots of interesting stuff for you guys. So first and foremost, and most excitingly, while we were just talking about Olio um, and C B D, Illinois is looking at passing a law right now that's poised to basically enact uh, a recreational marijuana bill that can clear convictions for almost 800,000 people. So I know Canada has just done that recently, but that's cool because it's bullshit that you can walk into a weed store that looks like an Apple store and buy weed while people are sitting in jail for it. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Yeah, it's kind of weird. So anyway, good on you, (laughs) Illinois. I hope that passes. Um, And other cool things that are weed-related today... Within the last week, Nevada has decided to pass a law that you can no longer drug test employees for weed. So you can hmm. smoke it up in Nevada. And they can't test you for it anymore. Great. So that's exciting. If you're Looks in Nevada, do it up. Well, I know where uh, my job search is starting. Las Vegas? Yeah. You love Las Vegas. I do. Pat's a gambler, y'all. He's the gambler. I win, though, every he, time. Except that one time when you were pissed at me on the mountain and you went down, and out of spite, you decided to go gamble a bunch of money at the casino. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you lost it all. I so did. So you got even more mad. Yeah. <laughs> and I was all, because I had drank an energy drink, too, so I was just really, like, jittery and, like, pissed off. <laughs> yeah, everybody. It was a good time. Pat got mad at me, and he was like, I'm not dealing with this shit, and he left the studio. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to the casino. Yeah. I was like, okay. And then he goes and blows a bunch of money, which definitely probably helped his mood, but that was hilarious. That was a good time. Okay, what's this all about uh, Rumbler I've been hearing about? Um, what's it's the Tinder deal? for people that want to fight. Really? And apparently you can talk about it. So it's not a fight club. It's just Tinder for for fighting. For people who want to rumble. Sounds kind of gay to me. <laughs> like how people think wrestling's kind of gay. Dude, have like, you... Yeah. If you're a guy that's like looking at pictures of another guy that's like flexing... And you like, want to fight him? I don't know. I don't know. It feels a little gay to me. <laughs> Can I you mean, say the that? search, the search, the search for finding the perfect fighting mate sounds a little, sounds a little, the process is just going to be a bunch of shirtless dudes. Yeah. If you're scrolling through an app of shirtless men, I, I'm got, I've got to say that's a little gay. Maybe it's that's a cool. front. cool. Maybe it. it's a front for closeted uh, gay men. Maybe it is. And I wonder how many of these rumbler interactions end or do uh, they? With some fists. Oh, I'm not even going <laughs> to say <laughs> that writes itself. So yeah. anyway, we yeah. can move on to. I don't think, other but to really... be, if you're if you're looking for a fight out there, let me say that uh, Rumbler is still in development, so it's not out quite yet. Oh, so. dang! I was I was <laughs> I just about to sign in, up. I was digging into research on it because I was I want to I was you know want to see where I st- uh, stack up. You know, want to go get in a fight. <laughs> I would love to see that, Pat. I would come to your Rumbler fight. So okay. let me know when it's when it's happening. Will do. All right. Um, and other really weird crap. What's this happening. about these poison sausages <laughs> I'm reading about? So we have some friends over 
well, down under. And it seems like right now in um, Australia, there's been, there's become an oversurgence of domesticated cats in the wild. And they're actually like ruining the ecosystem by eating all of the mice and eating all of the, all of what they prey upon. They're just killing all of that. And so the chain can't really continue and it's causing like an ecological issue. Right. And so Australia geniusly decided to drop from helicopters a bunch of poisoned sausages yes. over these fields of over that are overrun by overpopulations of domesticated, well, non-domesticated now cats. They're, they're uh, feral cats is what they say. Millions of stray cats. Yeah. Stray cats. And this is my favorite part of this article. There's two million of them. Holy shit. The quote, the quote, they've got to taste good. <laughs> the cat's last meal. <laughs> PETA says, PETA Australia calls the poisonous sausages horrifically cruel. <laughs> horrifically cruel. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it is threatening. It's, it's threatening some other species. So I, I understand why they're doing it. I don't know how I feel about how humane dropping a bunch of poisoned sausages from the sky is. And what are they going to do with all these there's two million dead feral cats that oh. ate all these poison sausages now. They'll get eaten. That's also creepy. So anyway, this whole thing is weird. Yeah. But that's how they're handling feral cats in Australia, everybody. All right. Poison sausages. Poison sausages. Poison no. sausage. Poison sausage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of weird food, McDonald's in the U.S. And this is big news. I know we got some listeners outside of the U.S. according to our SoundCloud stats. It might be bots, but anyway, <laughs> if you're not, this is only in the U.S. The McDonald's around here are offering their, uh, what do they call it, the Worldwide Favorites menu. The Worldwide Favorites menu being... And you've tried this, yeah, Pat? I have. Okay. I always have to try this stuff. Okay. You know? So, I mean, Worldwide Favorites, that means they take some menu items from around the world and add them to our menu here for a limited time. We have... Uh, Tomato, what is it? Tomato pesto, tomato like parm, parmesan. chicken parmesan sandwich from Canada. We have bacon cheese fries from Australia. Weird. We have this like weird strudel waffle whipped from the dessert from the Netherlands. And then like a double bacon cheeseburger with some sort of Gouda cheese or something on there, I want to say, from Spain. I tried the, uh, the Canadian chicken sandwich. And I got to say, it might have been one of the best things I've ever eaten at McDonald's. Wow. Yeah. That I was really pumped was about it. It was a real testament. It was really fucking good. I will have to give it a try, perhaps. I'm going to avoid those bacon cheese fries. That just sounds bad. Uh, it sounds pretty good to me, but I had never seen any cheese that's good uh, at McDonald's. And that's yeah. where I'm like, okay. Well, like, I can't I, lay a blanket bacon of crap cheese, over here. This. Bacon cheese fries sounds good if, like, the fries are, like, nice, thick cut. You know, type things, but like imagine McDonald's greasy fries under there. Uh, they're not even greasy; they're salty. Yeah. And delicious. Honestly, I w I, I want to argue with you about this. I think McDonald's fries are bomb. That sounds like the best really? thing on the whole menu. Uh, do you like McDonald's fries over Wendy's fries? Whoa. Um, it depends if Wendy's fries have been salted adequately, because I think I would like them better if they would be consistently salted, but they're yeah. never the same. It's either too salty or no salt. I can, I can respect that. Is that is my astute observation on fast food fries. I can respect that. We're not going to bring Burger King into this because they they're ain't doing even, justice for nobody. Yo, they're still playing in the D-League. Yeah, this is guys. some bullshit. Yeah. 
So anyway, in other really interesting food news, we have one of the most exciting things to ever happen to the world. Snoop Dogg has set the Guinness Book of World Records by pouring the world's largest gin and juice. How large was it? How large (laughs) was it? 132 gallons. Whoa. So yeah. That's a lot. I wonder if there's still any left. That's a lot of yum yum. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot of juice. (laughs) <laughs> and, and uh, gin and gin too i mean i wonder what the ratio was probably 50 50 like gay bar ratio or was oh, it like stingy? where there's just a splash of juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah stingy we weigh out the ounce shot like in front a, of your uh, face kind of bar probably that i hate those bars that's what i do i know i hate it <laughs> <laughs> that's how i bar just gin. freely pour eyeball it come on i do i like to do free pours do an eight count yeah well give me a 10 count we'll call it good Sometimes I do, if I see, like, the person, if I think they can handle it. All right. Well, I can handle it. All right. So, anyway, um, largest gin and juice. There's just been a lot of weird stuff these last couple of weeks on Reddit. I mean, Sylvester Stallone, they talked about how he still has those two turtles from Rocky. They're, like, 30 years old now. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I'd heard about that before. I read that a while ago. But that is a pretty cool fact. And... Speaking of cool facts, Admiral Akbar. It's not a fact. It was just a really cute quote, honestly. <laughs> this was on Reddit on TIL. The crew of Return of the Jedi mocked the character design of Admiral Akbar, deeming it too ugly, and the director refused to alter it and made this quote, which I thought was really cute. Um, he said, I think it's good to tell kids that good people aren't necessarily good-looking people and that bad people aren't necessarily ugly people. That was a pretty cute... That is a pretty cute quote. ...way to respond to that, so... There you go. Tell your kids that, and all hail Admiral Akbar. It is a trap. It certainly was. <laughs> it was a trap. It certainly was. <laughs> Speaking of other traps, envision seven days long this year. Trap me down in South America. <laughs> Central America, but I'll Se- take it. Trap me down in Central America. I don't think they're doing like music like every day and making it like a full-on seven-day festival. But it is extended to seven days where you can come and do like other activities prior to the actual lineup, I believe. So that sounds pretty insane and like a lot of planning and very overwhelming and a long time to be at the same festival. But, you know, I yeah, guess we'll seems, find out about it. I mean, some people can hang, some people can't, you know. That is a great quote by our late, great Tim Kingstrom. <laughs> Some Thank people just can't hang. Some people just can't hang. That's what he said when this, uh, you know, you know, we, we don't. Hey, when that girl puked in the cup. That, <laughs> okay, I wasn't gonna say it, but <laughs> I've seen that happen twice now. Whoa, at your bar? Yeah. No, my coworker. We went out for like our uh, work party, and she puked in a cup at Grumpy's and filled it up. Well, it's good she doesn't listen to <laughs> your podcast. I don't think she does. Yeah, well, that was hilarious. That definitely happened to us once. We went out with a friend when we were over on the West Coast, and I hadn't seen them in a hot minute, and. I didn't realize they didn't really drink very much comparatively, I mean, relatively. And when we showed up a little bit late to meet up with them, I think they were already a little bit buzzerinoed. And yeah. I didn't really think about it too much. I just ordered us around. And then we went to another bar and somebody else got around. And I think then somebody else got around. And then all of a sudden, like, this person that was with us was just missing. And. They, I, someone comes up and gets me from the bar and they're like, Hey, um, I think your friend has locked themselves in the bathroom. Oh, and she I'm definitely like, did oh, lock shit. herself in the bathroom. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you know, it was, it was bad too. Cause we didn't realize she was gone. 
Yeah. We were just like carrying hey. on. And so all of a sudden, yeah, this server comes up and that was so nice of that bar to like come tell me and be like, hey, uh, your friends passed out in the bar. Not like we're kicking you out. Like just like your friend passed right. out in the bathroom. That's what I mean. Right, right. And so I'm like, oh God, I'm so sorry. Like I'll come with you to get her up. You know, so we go and they unlock the door and she's wrapped around the toilet. It's like one of those one toilet bathrooms. Yeah. And she sits up like immediately. Like you, like when you see your parents when you're young and you're drunk. And you just yeah. kind of sober up all of a sudden because you're like, oh, shit. Yep. That happened. Mm-hmm. So for a brief moment, I was like, oh, okay, she's good. She was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm good. And she's telling the manager, she's like, I'm so sorry about that. I'm good. I'm like, oh, phew. You know, like this could have been a lot worse than it was. Right. So we go back and sit at the table and she <clears throat> seemed okay. She seemed fine. She obviously, we got her some water and everything. And then she started to sort of pass out on the table. <laughs> And that's when we were like, okay, maybe I think someone that was with us was like, Hey, I come into this bar all the time. Like we can't have her passing out on the table because I don't want to be known as like someone that brings people into the bar that that are passing out. We're like, yeah, of course. Okay. Well, we'll try to find, we'll get her phone. We'll try to get her an Uber, try to figure this out. So we sort of weekend at Bernie's her, (laughs) like propped her up in the booth, (laughs) put sunglasses on her. Yeah. Didn't we like lean her against all these coats? Cause it like was winter time. We put a bunch of coats in the corner. We were in a booth and she just leaned in the corner. Oh, she did lean laid back. And we put some sunglasses on her and she just like had her mouth like half open. And she just like, we just weekend at burning her and kind of continued with on with our lives. And we kept kind of ushering her to drink water as she was sitting there and she would do that. And then she finished her water and she Passed weekend at Bernie's yeah. again. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she sat up with the quickness when we're in the middle of a conversation and just barfs right into the cup that had all the water in it. <laughs> She filled it right up. Yeah, everybody's like responses to it were we just much more casually. casual than they should have been. We were all just kind of like, oh, and then yeah. we were just like, anyway, we go back to our blah, conversation. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, whatever. And Tim's Tim just looks over. There's like a moment of silence. Yeah, He's like, man, shrugs, some people, some just, people just, can't just can't hang. hang. And then go back to the conversation. Yeah, I think Jimmy was like, man, I've never seen a cup fill up so fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, sorry everybody if you're like eating lunch right now, but that happened in front of our faces. Yeah, and you know if and then we got her in a lift, we got her home. So you know we didn't leave her weekend at Burning in the booth. Yeah, we we took care of her. That's a fun memory. I I always love being on the West Coast. We have lots of fun memories like that. Anyway, (laughs) a lot of good times. We can go into our segment before the interview today. What's our segment? Album of the week. Oh yeah, that one. Let's do it. All right, get it, Joel. Album of the week. So uh, I'm going to do my album of the week first because I know you have a really cool modern one and I'm going to bore people with like an old one. Typical. Yeah. I'm going to pick uh, the self-titled album by the Budos Band. I think it's like they're a, they're a brass band. Um, I think they're from the southern part of the United States. I'm not really sure. It's just really cool, kind of funky, uh, kind of Latin-y vibe, brass, lots of horn, really cool horn lines and that type of shit. Just good stuff to put on in the background if you're eating. It makes you want to eat. Makes you want to eat food, I've found. Hmm. Yeah, so that's my I album. I never listen to anything that makes me want to eat. Uh, yeah, well, you don't even think that. You're hungry, and then you hear that, and you're like, I don't know why I'm so hungry. Huh. Well, everyone give that a try. <laughs> See if it sparks hunger in you. Yeah. My album of the week this week is called Between Us by Hayden James. It came out while I was on my way down to Playthink Festival, where I was at last weekend. In Kentucky, and it's an 11-track album that's phenomenal. Um, it reminds me very much of 
Subtle by Disclosure or Of Sirens by Gorgon City. Both of those albums came out around the same time and people would almost say, I think that Sirens was sort of Subtle 2.0. Right. Um, I really liked both of them so much. I love that garage vibe with the heavy vocals and the, the, a lot of the melody and not getting too crazy with the sound design. And I think Hayden James did a really great job with this new studio album. There's several hits on it. And I think they've already been playing out like Numb and uh, Better Together, Between Us, Hold Me Back. But literally every song on the album is Fuego. So you should go check it out if you like Disclosure, if you like House, if you like any of that more poppy stuff. I'm going to listen to that tonight. It's fantastic. you know how much I liked Disclosure. Subtle, yeah. Me and Pat were obsessed with Disclosure. We went and saw them. At Roy Wilkins, and we're we very did. disappointed. It was a little, it was a little disheartening. But uh, Claude Von Stroke opened for them, and that was pretty sick. Yeah, that was dope. That I was did, actually my favorite. Part. I don't think. Oh, he was as CVS because I for a moment, sorry, I thought he might be playing as Barclay. But whatever. No, yeah, anyway, no, no, yeah, no. that was cool. That was probably my favorite part. We were just pissy because they just put um, Caracol out or Caracol. yeah, their second Caracol is the second album. How yeah, do you pronounce and we it? were obsessed with Settle, so we yeah. just like we're, we're super stoked to go see. Just noise, white noise, you know, yeah. all that crap. All and the good stuff. They played like white noise and then nothing else. And then all up. the new stuff. Their stage setup was pretty sweet, though. It was. But I just wish the music was uh, pretty sweet, too. Yeah, I agree. And, I, you know, it couldn't have hurt you to bring Mary J. Blige along. Just kidding. Well, I'm yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> could have cost him yeah. like a lot of money. <laughs> I'm kidding. But anyway, yeah, between us, Hayden James, fantastic. Go listen to it. Mm-hmm. And now we get to go into. Our yeah. awesome guest of the week. We're super stoked for this. So we're actually kind of cutting, we're going to cut uh, our shell segment down um, a little bit this week because it's hot as fuck right now. Yeah. And I am like I'm dying. I'm sweating the nuts off over here. Because <laughs> <laughs> we can't have the AC and stuff on while we're recording yeah, these. Yeah. So we're sweating our nuts off for you, y'all. And we want to uh, focus more on our super kick-ass awesome special guest. Really quick, though, before we, we say our special guest, I do want to give a shout-out to Frameworks, who okay. I met this weekend when I was at Playthink. And the okay. first thing he came up to me and said was, I love your podcast. Really? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I was like, I'm obsessed with your podcast. And that's what Fuck he said yeah. to me. And I was like, yes. Hey, so we got one. I know. We got <laughs> one. Thank you, Matt. We love you. Uh, we anyway, love you. Moving we into this week's you. guest. Bum, 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 bum. Very important member of String Cheese Incident, Iodo, and the n- numero uno at Profit Massive, and has sat in with everybody who's bomb. He played with fucking Isaac Hayes. The Jason Han, everybody. Our first guest tonight is... Introducing special guests. Let's do this. You're listening to Green Room Podcast. Hey, this is Jason Han from String Cheese Incident, Eodo, and Profit Massive. And you're listening to the Green Room Podcast.
Ladies and gentlemen, here we are with Jason Cam, the auxiliary percussionist and multi-instrumentalist and producer slash, I don't know, multi-hyphenate badass. Yeah. Jason Han, yeah. Um, most notably from probably String Cheese Incident and Iodo. I think I met Jason um, opening for Iodo the first time in the Skyway Theater here in Minneapolis. And then Ooh, I was there. Ended up together several, on several other lineups, I think, in like Grand Rapids. And over time, we just become homies, bro. Homies, what's up? <laughs> oh, and it's an amazing thing. You do your thing too. You're just it's like leaps and bounds every time you're you're hitting these other levels of just where you're at with everything. You know. Um, oh, thank you so much. You know, I really appreciate that. Oh yeah, that's it's that's one of the the you know great things to to see is when you see like inspired producers that are just raising their game all the time and and you're absolutely at at, uh, at the top of all that too. especially for some reason maybe in the last year has something in particular happened in, in the last year or so or maybe that's just when we started getting in touch again after uh you know after it'd been a while but really it's a it's an awesome thing to to see you just hit your stride thank you so much i really appreciate that yeah i, I don't i don't know i've done i've made a lot of music this year and you know we we made a song everybody yeah. and, me and jason did and it's badass when's it coming out guys we will work on that. You know, that's just for us to know and you to find out. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. How about you just hold on for a little bit? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to push you guys here. Yeah. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> Stay in line. All right. All right. <laughs> but yeah, that was really fun. Um, I was super fortunate to get to go see the String Cheese Incident studio space with Jason. And we even got to eat lobster rolls, and it was freaking awesome. <laughs> um, that's the that's the zone. That's a nice treat, you know. You're working your ass off in there, and then and then you just take that little break. And man, I didn't find out about that place in, until we were there for a, a couple of years. And now it's it, it's kind of a go to for like you know you have a, a special sort of uh, session over there, and then it's like you take a break and. Just a different kind of, uh, you know, yumminess after after you've uh, done the grind in the studio. It's amazing. Yeah. I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know when we'll put that out, but it was really, really fun to make. I actually started making it when I was um, on vacation in San Pedro, Belize. Or actually, I think we were still in um, San Ignacio. Yeah, I was sitting on the back porch of our Airbnb watching mm-hmm. two cans fly around and made this really yeah. sort of like... A lot. I mean, it's pretty reggae, pretty dubby compared right. to the normal stuff that I do. And it was at 140. So that was really fun to get to record Jason play a bunch of different aux perks and drums and stuff on it and really add a lot of like a human feel to it and a really live, like fun, I don't know, reggae jam feel yeah. to it. I don't know. Yeah, that was cool. That was so great in the moment. Just throw up a mic and get something in the kick drum and just like get uh, uh, get the beats flowing and stuff. Really, really fun that you know you could just set up uh, anywhere and make it sound really good and uh, and just go almost more off the the vibe than like some super plan that you started out with. Totally, I totally agree with that. I'm a huge fan of like just recording multiple improvs and then if you have to piecing things together from the separate takes, you know, afterwards, or sometimes somebody will just nail the shit out of it. Like one full one take Drake it. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Hey, I was going to ask is two cans like a rapper you're hanging with in, uh, 
down in Berlin. <laughs> Two cans were just outside. <laughs> they was oh, Sam. I heard his laugh mix. That shit was dope. Oh, you mean Sam? <laughs> yeah. Two cans. <laughs> um, yeah, so we were way bigger beaks than I thought that they were. Really? I'm just going to say that. Yeah, they're pretty big. Birds, they like right? are as big as their body. I don't know how they like work, how that works. Yeah, I think they'd be top heavy. They're like helicopters. It doesn't like make sense. Yeah. Uh, they should just yeah. be falling, they should just science, be falling right? on their face all the time or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's confusing. Well, it's all science, you know. We don't, we don't understand that. Yeah, no more popular, you Megan. It was just yeah. amazing. <laughs> Um, so we know, Jason, we were talking before we hit record here um, about your uh, gearing up for your busy schedule here this summer. You guys have been rehearsing. You guys got a lot of cool stuff coming up. What do you what's what's on the docket here? What is going on here? Here we go. We got uh, Sonic Bloom uh, this weekend and uh, then Electric Forest the next weekend. And uh, Electric Forest is they're just doing the one weekend, but uh, it's going to be nuts. And I've been hearing about the different things that they're adding up there. Um, you know, they're, they're, they cut back uh, on a week to, uh, to really, uh, dig into even, you know, putting more infrastructure in there and make it even a more, uh, you know, fabulous experience for, uh, mm. for the senses. And, mm. uh, so we're, we're really busy. String cheese is doing two, uh, um, uh, two big nights, Friday and Saturday night, but Thursday night has turned into sort of a pop-up surprise night in the jubilee tent which i think they've made twice as big now if you're not familiar with it and then that thursday night iodo also plays and uh uh and then somewhere on the weekend i'll usually do it on like the sunday sunday morning i'll try to do a renegade uh profit massive dj set and i've been known to have uh bacon out there and some lasers (laughs) at uh on top of some random bus so uh, it, it's a, it becomes a really busy weekend, but it's it's uh, it's thoroughly uh, enjoyable. And then uh, after that, it, I I kind of go blank. I think we go to Louisville. String cheese goes to Louisville and Atlanta for July Fourth uh, weekend. And nice. I, I was just in Louisville. That's where the festival I played last weekend was. Oh, really? what, was that, of, yeah. what was the festival? It was called Play Pink. Okay. Um, it's like a flow arts festival. It was, it, I think 1700 people. It's pretty small and it's okay. like all ages and lots of classes and things like that. It was really, really fun. It was a fun community. It's like oh, a silver nice. festival. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, it, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no worries. I, I like hearing uh, about that. There's so the festivals that are really involved like during the day and stuff with, uh, with workshops or art or something like that. I, I love that uh, profile of, on a festival. I did. It was really interesting compared to your normal festival where the main, the common denominator is, you know, let's get fucked up. Right. Uh, like the common denominator right. at Playthink is like, we're all here to learn. Nobody came here to like, I mean, there's like a hundred classes every day of it. It's wow. four days long. Um, and this amazing woman named Paige organizes the whole thing. And she, the whole reason she did it is because she used to hoop and she got to a point where she didn't feel like she could teach herself anymore. So she started a festival to kind of educate others do that. And then it just grew into this big thing. I think it's like on its like eighth year or something like that. It it. was really cool to walk around and just see so many motivated people. There's classes everywhere you look to the left. There's people doing, there's 50 people doing a hula dance. And then to the right, there's like 50 people contact staffing and there's a live (laughs) instructional class over here and a henna lounge where you can go get tatted and like, just 
I mean, it was just like everywhere you went, people learning and trying new stuff. And I love it. It was definitely a different vibe than anything that I've normally been at. It was motivating. Oh, yeah. I think I saw a picture of you online doing, wait, were you wakeboarding? What the, what was going on? <laughs> I was wake surfing, which is like wakeboarding without the bindings, basically. So okay. you're just free footed on it and you ride on the wake made by the boat. And if you catch the pocket correctly, the, the weight uh-huh. of the boat carries you. So you don't need the rope. Right, right. And so I'm not there yet. I couldn't find the sweet spot. I was kind of drunk. So I was like, <laughs> I like, I, I didn't. I got up like probably 10 times and then I was like, you know, it's just not going to happen for me today. Like I just like don't have the, well, you I'm got not going to find the sweet spot today, but I got yeah. up, I got up on my first try. I was proud of myself. You got that picture of those standing up. That's a good one. That's, 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 that's all you need. Yeah. yeah. You got the picture. Now you can, now yeah, you have to do it anymore. I'm an expert. Now you don't have to do it anymore. You yeah. got the picture, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. But was that, was that part of that festival? Did they have a lake out there or that's just, Oh no, you I wish. You're just uh, my girlfriend's family has a couple of really nice boats that they're nice enough to let really? us use. And they're all really into teaching other people water sports. Like oh. they're, they love it. They just want to get you to try something. So oh. after like three years, I finally did it. I just got drunk enough on the boat, I guess, to <laughs> try it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do it. Well, to go from like a learning fest like that, where you're just, where you got all these kind of other little skills you're learning then uh, it, it must not have been a stretch to be just like, yeah, I'll wake surf. Give me that beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a super cool motivating festival. I I would like even go next year just for the sake of like going, sands right. performing. But I say that right. about so many festivals and it just never like happens. Well, because you know? there's so many festivals oh, every cool weekend. Ones. Like I was just asking you right before we started here, I'm like reading this article. I'm like, wait, Bonnaroo was last weekend? When the fuck yeah. did that come up on me? Like yeah. I'm it, like, there's everything. Everything's happening every That's weekend. That's just you, Pat. I, I know. I'm just <laughs> Jason, I didn't. I like haven't looked at the lineup for a bloom this weekend yet, right. so I didn't know that you were going to be there the whole time. I'm playing on Friday um, oh. at, at eleven on the Hummingbird stage. Oh, so yeah. So probably right the way that order is going. I, I think at some point I'm going. I think Adam Deitch goes on after me doing a DJ set, and then you probably go after that because. Holy shit, that's exactly the order of it. Because I asked them. So I didn't see it was you right before right before uh, Adam comes on. And we should totally talk about doing something together then, I like obviously. It. I like um, it. Play our track together, duh. But uh, <laughs> that is so exciting. And yeah, I play, yeah, same stage as you then, just like an hour it's later here. or whatever. I'm open that's up for awesome. you. Uh, now I get to open up for you. Oh yeah! My have the turntables. No, that, <laughs> that, that's how it goes. I, I mean, I quit doing the DJ set, it's so funny. I, I that's when I'm kind of uh, most intimidated uh, performing. Actually, you know, it's it's sort of like playing drums and percussion, and no matter how many people I, you know, you play in front of, there's just like a thing you get used to doing for so many years, and just being active during. Yeah, you know, set and then doing the DJ set is kind of, um, you know, really trying to to be active. But I don't have the usual tools in front of me that, uh, you know, I'm used to just hitting stuff. (laughs) And uh, and so there's I got to be careful of what I'm hitting during the the DJ set. So uh, I I just try (laughs) to. I feel like drums are just an extension of you at this point. Like, I feel like hitting things, there's probably. It feels it, I, right. I've seen it. It is. It is an extension of you. you. You just do it. Do you think? We've talked about this before with some other people, some other guests that we've had, Megan um, and Jason. 
do you think maybe it's being up there by yourself? You're so used to being up there with a, in a band environment and playing off of other people that if you're up there by yourself, it, it may be just a different feeling. Do you think I, that I, has? I think so. I mean, it's a, it's a really different set of skills. I, I try to have, uh, uh, my, uh, my MIDI controllers up there, MIDI, MIDI fighters, my kind of go-to and I have a sure, iPad yeah. running a lemur, but you know, the, it, so like even, even in uh, EOTA, which is probably, you know, a emerging type of, uh, of setup where I'm playing drums, but I'm sort of doing quite a bit of, of vocal effects and, uh, and sort of remixing on the fly with, uh, with some iPads uh, with the lemur app. It's just a different thing. Cause you're just always, uh, doing the thing so when i'm when i'm doing a dj set i'm just trying to i'm just trying to be tasteful with the midi controller stuff not to be to go you know too far out of hand but i i also don't want to feel like i'm doing a science project up there and Dude, I'm that's always, totally right. a thing right? i struggle with that too because like okay when you learn to beat match whatever that's really exciting yeah um then when you get proficient at it it starts to get more boring so people do things like you know they'll learn to do crazy things with the mixer or they'll add another CDJ and they'll, or another (laughs) CDJ, whatever, just to keep doing things. Like an RJD2 set. My mind, and I'm sure your mind doesn't go to, let's add another deck. You know, my mind goes to, I'm bored as hell while this song has to play out because I'd be quick mixing if I could. But everybody would be like, what the fuck is she doing? So my mind goes to like, okay, what other instruments can I play and how can I integrate them into what I'm doing so that while these songs are playing for the whole, you know, 90 like seconds that before I'm transitioning again, I'm not standing there just jumping around like an idiot. Right. Yeah. It's, Which is okay too. I do that sometimes also. But. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I enjoy being an idiot, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but it, but it is a, a thing uh, where uh, there was a point where I was doing the profit massive sets and I'd have a, a MIDI keyboard up there and, uh, and I really enjoy, you know, just putting a pad behind something or a gated pad or a, uh, uh, having an ARP, uh, you know, that just kind of runs with, with the track or playing with the beat repeats and stuff. And, um, so that, that's what, that's what I, um, I enjoy doing that when I can, but when I was active with it, when I was trying to have like a super badass, just really busy DJ live setup, I, I just found myself not, not paying attention to really the set as much or, you know, as, uh, I was just, I knew I was doing it just to do it versus doing it for like, what's the best thing, uh, for the music right now. So sometimes it's like being, uh, busy and sometimes it's nice just doing more subtle things. Like I I really like using, um, Ableton has a a cool, uh, I think it's called echo. It's a great effect, but it's more like a, a a Jamaica dub type of echo versus just like a, a regular delay echo where, um, you know, where you hit the, the delay on it, but then you can mess with the speed. And when you mess with the speed of it, it messes with the tuning of it. And, uh, and it's a, just a nice little thing. I, I like to get, uh, in there that messes, you know, with the sound and then it's panned as well. So it just does a little, little verbally thing that, that sometimes it's obvious and sometimes it's not so obvious, but, uh, cer- certain things like that, where it's a little more subtle way of kind of remixing on, on the fly. Um, uh, it has been fun to mess with. Sick. Sick. Um, Sick. Yeah, that must be in uh, Ableton 10, right? I think that's a new effect in Ableton 10. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so glad I'm still sitting at nine myself. I haven't 
Well, bro. I'm taking the plunge. I know, I know. See, right. I told you, I've been what's you, going on. I'm out of the loop, guys. Megan, you let him hang out with you? God. Apparently. I know, God. Well, I'm over here in logic, so. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> I didn't actually talk to the Ableton boys. I think a, I want to say it was just prior to me. And I don't remember when we were in the studio together now, but I, mean, I think it was like March or something like that, I want to say. Right. Anyway, right shortly after that, I actually talked to Ableton. They wanted to talk to me after seeing me at South by Southwest. Ooh. And so I might be poking over in that direction here soon. Do it. Oh, yeah. You're, it's nerve-wracking, you know? Uh, <laughs> you know as far as getting uh, getting uh, endorsed or... Or you or switching uh, switching DAWs. You are- uh, I'm so here's my main concern, honestly. So I produced in Logic, uh, uh, which is made by Apple. Um, yeah. For those that don't know, and uh, Ableton is made by Ableton. And forever, people have been trying to get me over to Ableton. They say it's so much more intuitive, and and it'd be much better for my live act. And Ableton saw me um, at South by Southwest, and I think they saw you know I'm playing like standalone guitar, I'm playing standalone drum pad, I'm right. playing. Um, I'm singing and and I'm mixing at the same time. I'm sure that they thought, you know, I would be well served by using Ableton. Yeah. So they hit me up to talk to me on the phone about it. And so we talked about some stuff and they are, they were really, really chill and they w- didn't push me in any direction or anything, but they just kind of like asked me about what I do with my set, what I plan to do in the future and this and that, and right. sort of explain that they're just there if I ever want to try out some stuff and right. this and that. So my main concern is like I've come all the way to this point with logic where I feel finally like I can get the the ideas I have in my head into the computer. And that is like the struggle for of being a producer. That's what like is so frustrating for people for the first like it took me ten years to get here. Yeah. Um, right. So for someone to be like, you should just get into Ableton, it's like, screw you, dude. I literally just be like figured out how to do this like one thing in logic, you know, like yeah. make commercial quality anything. And so the idea of moving overly entire or over entirely to Ableton is very daunting to me. That being said, I do think I would be uh, served by using it in a live setting. So I was talking oh. to um, Elle, Alicia the other day right. about this, this exact thing that they had hit me up and, you know, they sort of insinuated they wanted me to try it out. And I said, I was sort of afraid to accept, you know, software a discount or an endorsement by them if i didn't really feel confident that i was actually going to make the switch over to using them and she was like dude don't worry about that like she's like learn to use it for live keep producing in logic she's like that's literally what i do she's like i think logic sounds better and that's just my personal preference you know and i've tried to produce in ableton and i'm very proficient in it i teach lessons in it but i don't produce in it because i like logic better and that's okay and they would still appreciate feedback saying that, you know, like that I use Logic to produce it, but I love Ableton Live to play. For live. We almost had you. We almost had you convert a couple of years ago. I know. I thought of pushing everything. And then I just like, yeah. was like, oh, my God, this is so overwhelming. Been, I already learned this in another dog. You could have been live looping like a guitar and sax lines and shit. <laughs> would have been, it would have been sweet. You could have been, Pat. I know. And I have, I have zero excuses. Yeah. yeah I've been, 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 been using it since like yeah. eight. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not even doing anything, man. Just sitting over here. You're stuck in 1999, Pat. I know. <laughs> uh, well, well, it's uh, yeah, it, it's. I'm definitely a, a firm uh, believer in, in uh, you know, do the thing that you're most comfortable at because I think I think everyone finds their way 
you know, like someone that's good on Pro Tools, it's just, I, I, uh, you know, do your thing. You see someone, some people are like a whiz the way they get around on it, uh, maybe from doing, you know, other kinds of studio work with it. And if you're comfortable with it, it's, you know, if, if it's whatever the best way to get from what's in your head on, you know, out through your speakers uh, is really awesome. And they all have learning curves. And, and uh, I was, uh, I did Logic for the longest time with it. Back when uh, I was doing more, uh, being more of a studio session player, right when Logic came out, I mean, I think it was still eMagic before uh, Apple bought it. So I was recording that way, and a, and a lot of movie composers use Logic for some reason. It's you know, it became more intuitive or more of a uh, a composer kind of program to use, and uh, it was really only because when I I started uh, when we started Yodo. Uh, we sort of got into live looping and then all of a sudden I was on like Ableton version two or something like that when it was still kind of more of a, an app sort of, uh, it was kind of more of a toy or a, a plugin, but it could stretch audio and you could loop with it. And, uh, me and Travis started playing around with that instead of using a, a boomerang for a looper, um, like what Keller Williams does and, uh, just kind of grew with it. And eventually I was like, you know what, I'm using this program all the time in a live situation. And, and I really love the flexibility of it. And it's because I was using it so much is the reason I converted over more so than, you know, than I was feeling like one was necessarily better than the other. It was more just like, oh, I'm able to get my idea across, which happened to be, you know, we were touring with the Yodo doing like 200 shows a year. And I was, it was what I was around all the time. And so it felt like, the best expression, you know, to, to come across, uh, right. you know, with the audience or to make the music happen. Right. Now, uh, That's crazy. Speaking of shows a year, I'm just blown away. Right I know now. we both were serious. Like, 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 it was three years of madness where I, I think we, we might've had two of those years might've been 250 shows. And it was like three years where we were just, we hit the, accelerator literally in the rv <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and we're doing uh during that run i think one of our uh our longest sort of run was like 96 shows in 103 days or something like that some that's fucking bananas guys oh, it was bananas. Uh, it is, that's insane it's not recommended but it, is that just yodo you're saying yeah just yodo it was like holy well, shit if, if, well i saw your crazy ass uh when you went to jazz fest, you played like oh. 10 sets in like six days or something like that. Yeah, that, that was crazy. Yeah, jazz fest is nuts like that. Some, some people go uh, deeper. I, I think Adam Deitch has a, a busier schedule during, uh, during jazz fest anyways, but that, that was sort of like, you know, it was kind of like a fun schedule for me to be out there. Cause I, cause I'm, it was playing with all new people and it was great to have just kind of a gig uh, a night or to, you know, to double up it every once in a while. But it, it's like, I, when I think of those Yoda runs there, that was just that, because we'd still be doing string cheese shows too. And it was just like any weekend that wasn't filled with a string cheese, something <laughs> we were doing, uh, Yoda or touring between string cheese shows, like during the week, connecting the weekends like that. And did I, you, so I was going to ask you about that though. Like when you were touring with both, did you guys try to line up the gigs? Like, at least somewhat close or what are you guys just like bouncing back and forth everywhere? No, no yeah, we, we would, I mean, for first and foremost was always the, the string cheese tour schedule and those needed, it's a, it's a way bigger band. So it, it had to be booked a lot sooner too, you know, because right. bigger venues need to have their spots held and stuff. 
And once yeah. I was together, sometimes we would be like, I forgot how it happened, but I think after a, a Red Rock show, then the next time that String Cheese was going to be playing was going to be in Portland at maybe one of the Hornings hideouts. And we just did like a Yoto tour run between Red Rocks and uh, and Hornings hideout to get there. We did like five shows <laughs> in between. Sure. But, you know, it, it, that's how we used to, to think. It was just like, let's make it go. Let's, you know, let's be in, into kids are, are up for traveling during the week to get out to the other thing. And, uh, and let's, let's make it fun and be all hardcore and stuff. But it oh, is, yeah, man. but it, it's a, it's a, a ton of work and you feel it on, on the backside. They you're like, so thankful for the, uh, you know, to put in that much work and hard work and we're old men and shit, you know, it was, like, <laughs> it was not getting easier per se, but we were really psyched with, you know, the music that we were doing and it felt, you know, really fresh. And why, why not jump all the way in whenever you get the, get the chance yeah. or yes. inspired to, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm always impressed with your stamina. It's incredible. You're always in like the best mood on the planet and you're always just ready to go. And sometimes I'm just like dragging my ass along. I feel like when I show up to like open for y'all or whatever and you're like, what's up? And then you're like just in the best mood until like four in the morning after everything's being cleared out. Like I'm exhausted. I'm like, I don't know how you do this. 103 days in a row. <laughs> yeah, or 90, 96 shows in 103 okay. days. We had okay. a couple of days off. We, we had some oh, wow. a there. whole week. But check out the schedule. Like, I, I remember, so for California, sometimes you just think, okay, San Diego, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and, you know, whatever. They're, they're pretty far apart. Not like, you know, the East Coast is, is pretty hard. It's pretty easy to throw dates, like back to back to back, even just in, in the same region. And so we used to do something like uh, we would do like uh, San Diego, then like San Juan Capistrano or, or and then Santa Ana up to, um, uh, you know, uh, Los Angeles and then do uh, Santa Barbara, San Luis Obispo. It was like the, this tour where like all the all the cities were only like an hour and a half or two hours apart. All the way up California, up through Arcata, and we do Shasta, and it was like you know Santa Cruz and San Francisco, and we just didn't. Did we can I curse on your podcast? Or are we good? Absolutely. Yeah. We didn't give a fuck. We just like <laughs> let's book these dates. Let's see our see friends. You know, Travis knew a, a lot of friends from back in String Cheese days. that were like, yeah, stay here. So it, it was. You know, ultimately a lot of hard work uh, setting up every, every night, and you know we. We were uh, either staying with friends or, or you know, we've, we you could feel that that it was also, you know, people were learning about it and people were coming out to check it out. Are you guys, uh, when you do that, do you have like a couple TMs or anybody? Or are you guys setting that up for the most part? Uh, well, well we've, had, we've had our moments, but for the most part, there was a point where we got a little chip on our shoulder because uh, of a uh, unnamed booking uh, agent. Uh, that was kind of like, uh, well, you guys are kind of the stringy side project, right? And not not taking us that that seriously. And so we're like, well, you know, we could tell that by the way you're trying to book us. And we're like, uh, so we just took a, a a little chip on our shoulder. And uh, Travis was like, well, I know all these, you know, all these booking people and and all these small cities where either string cheese used to tour or, you know, we would just throw it up on a map and uh, and go for it. So Travis would make initial calls to, you know, set it up. You want to open up on a Monday night? Uh, we'll be there. Let's do a door deal. And then I would follow up with more like details, like load in and, you know, sort of get 
like add information together and, and we just did it ourselves for a couple of years. So till, till we got to the point instead of playing a fifty people a night where we were playing a three or four hundred people a night and then we looked for another um, you know, booking agent to try and continue. Yeah, right for on. sure. That's just crazy to like think about how diva a lot of these electronic hybrid acts can be, I feel like, or just any any act about yeah. not wanting to set up any of their own stuff and, and you guys probably sit their, on their ass of their hotel yeah. until their stuff is set up and not even sound check themselves. And they probably have like a, been, and and a su- successful band for 30 years that yeah. has an amazing project that you guys also do and you're setting up your own shit still. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And these people who like you're referring to as divas will probably have like an eighth or less of a setup that you guys have exactly. going on. Exactly. Fuck the divas. Fuck the divas. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, oh, it was a really great uh, quote. This this is uh this is <laughs> I mean, it's a good a base sector quote, not not just not for it was it was definitely a moment for the time. We we both we double build a uh a show in Lawrence, Kansas at a place called Abe and Jake's. And, um, it was, you know, base nectar was still just playing for a couple of hundred people, but he was definitely going on, uh, after us. And, and so when, and we actually did like a collab, there was a, our Yoda stuff stayed set up and we played like two songs at, at the end together with, which is cool to think about. Cause he just, he doesn't do any, anything like that, or he hasn't done anything like that in years and years. And, uh, but anyway, so and we were on our our run and, and stuff like that. We're we're good friends with Lauren, um, but uh, but we go we finish our uh, oh he so we finish our kind of collab set and you know he he grabs his uh, uh, computer and goes to the green room and you know even after he goes to the green room and he's coming out we're still like packing up and stuff like that and he just looks over the rail and he goes oh my god you guys I almost feel guilty. <laughs> he sounds like a lead singer <laughs> i'm like this is called instruments <laughs> these yeah. are <laughs> anyways but it, it was uh we have good uh we've definitely had some good good jousting moments but yeah. uh, you know that that's the thing it's like you, you know you play instruments and you want to have some crazy ass setup and you want to do the thing if you're inspired to do it you you go out and get it you know because it, it will not come to you you know right okay. right Nice. Yeah, that sounds like uh, every lead singer in every band I've ever played. It's like, oh, hey, did you guys need help after everything's all set up? Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, no, we're fine. Oh, I could have carried Good some timing. stuff in. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That is every lead singer ever. Yeah, and they're like standing on stage, and I'm like, move your fucking feet. You're, step- you're stepping on my fucking quarter inches. Get the fuck out of here. Wow. We got, some- we got a chip on our shoulder over here. Uh, actually, I'm oh, thinking- you, Pat. Who hurt you? Oh, God. Every, every fucking person ever who doesn't belong on stage and doesn't get the fuck off stage. Oh my God, you know, yeah. I mean, even we can be that person though sometimes, you know. I yeah, I know. stuck yeah. on Heatbox's cable and <laughs> everything he was doing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was awesome. Whoops. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, and, and like the, the overall thing is just like, uh, you know, if you're if you're psyched up about, about your project and, and, you know, you... Sometimes it's kind of like I'd rather not have anyone uh, uh, touch my touch my things because then maybe yeah. sometimes if something gets plugged in, you know, wrong, then you're chasing that thing down. It's like why right. is it that thing? And it can be like that. We we have uh, we've been uh, blessed in Yoda world with really good crude guys. Even if they didn't know the the technical things that we were doing, they were like spot on with um, you know being able to just know how the thing get get set up the right way. 
and uh, and not you know not really part and not partying until after the gig, you know, after it's all packed up. So yeah, yeah, that's right. awesome. Right. Yeah, good, good guys. Pleasure to have those people. Yeah. And, so yeah. how? Okay, this is. We'll start from the beginning. Okay. How did you end up with string cheese incident? All right, everyone. How did that become a thing? Everyone, take a big breath, deep breath. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, uh, it, it's a it's a it's a pretty cool story. Back in. Uh, in the nineties, I was in a, a band uh, called zoo people and we were signed to uh, Atlantic records. And that was when, that was when um, the jam thing was just kind of starting. Uh, there was a tour called the horde tour, which was like blues traveler and Dave Matthews band and, and fish. And um, anyways, we were, we were pretty close to uh, the A and R people that knew all of those people. And we sounded more like Steely Dan and Alma Brothers and very like West Coast and groovy and stuff. Uh, and so we started going on the road and one of our first plays was at High Sierra, I think in 1996, High Sierra Music Festival. And uh, the whole drive up there, we heard about uh, String Cheese. They were kind of like the buzz of the festival. They're going to play the tent late night. Everyone's got to go to that. And uh, so, so it was cool to just sort of hear the name then when we got there and we did uh we did our set but when we did our set the uh, the generator went out on our stage we were like on second stage the generator went out uh, we counted 13 times and every time the wow. generator would go out wow. you know we'd throw our hands in the air like oh man what what out all the amps and everything would go out but the drums would still be live so me and the drummer would just do a, a percussion solo and I'd come out to the front of the stage and we'd rock that. And then all of a sudden power would come back on and we'd be like, yeah. And then we'd, we'd keep going where the song left off and then the power would go out again. <laughs> and then, so that happened a ton of times. And, and uh, Travis was uh, from String Cheese. I, I, I think that was the set he, he saw and he introduced himself to, to me later. And he's like, oh, you want to play some percussion uh, over by their bus, which is called uh, Bussy at the time. And uh, there was another percussionist named Jared Kaplan uh, that was also there. And we played percussion for like probably a couple hours. And one of the friends of String Cheese recorded that percussion jam and put it on his solo CD or something like that. So, uh, and then me and Travis kept in touch maybe two phone calls a year till about, um, Till about 2000. And I sat in with the, I sat in with String Cheese a couple of times, like in 1999, but there were so many other sit-ins with my sit-in uh, uh, that none of the other guys remembered me. There was like seven people on stage at the same time and I'm playing percussion uh, yeah. with Travis yeah. on his congas that are like to the side of him behind the drum set or something was going on. Uh, and uh, we lost touch a little bit and Travis calls me out of the blue in 2004 and says, hey, String Cheese is coming through los angeles uh wondering if, if you were around and wanted to sit in and at the time i was touring a bunch i was almost never home on the weekends uh, but that one weekend i had open i was like yeah i'll come down and uh what should i what should i bring and he said well bring a bunch of stuff because we're we're uh you know we might or might not be looking for uh for something to add to maybe not permanently or if, i forgot how it was phrased but uh, just bring stuff down. So I brought a little mix of some electronic stuff that I had and some other percussion that I had and, and went down and played the second set of the show in LA. And then, uh, then those guys asked me if I wanted to go to Vegas on, on the weekend and sit in with them there. And I did that. And, and after that, 
asked me if I wanted to go on fall tour just to try it out. And I, and that, at that point I was, you know, down, I had to rearrange some stuff with my schedule, but it was really fun playing them right at first. I, uh, at first, because it was such a different crowd that I, I had been at to that point, I'd been used to playing in a lot of world music situations. And I, I toured with, um, uh, soul musician, Isaac Hayes for almost 10 years. And, wow. uh, yeah, that was like uh, just all around the world, and, um, and but it was a very different crowd. And, right, right. Uh, and then coming into the jam scene and being around String Cheese's crowd was just amazing. I uh, have great fans, so it got me inspired to want to not be uh, as much of a studio musician and get back out on the road and and uh, be with a band with a with a crowd that's so into the live aspect of it. And there you go, and that awesome. That's what had happened. It's been history ever since. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then, how did you guys? When did when did you and Travis form Eodo? When did you guys start doing your own thing? Uh, let's see. When I started coming out to uh, practice for String Cheese, I'd always stay at Travis's place. Uh, all the other guys uh, were married and have had kids, so it'd be tricky to stay at their place because everyone's turning in early. And right. Travis was just like had a had a great house that you could play late night and you're not bothering the neighbors and his wife at the time she was a uh, a writer who her hours were like started at 2 a.m and she'd write until sunrise and so the, the kind of lifestyle of just staying over at his place meant you know around 10 o'clock uh we'd set up all kinds of instruments in his music room uh and he's always played bass and and guitar but he never played them in a project and we weren't trying to start a project we would just mess around with instruments but then it came into play where we were trying to loop stuff and he was using like uh using the boomerang and at some point i was like hey let's try this ableton program because then we could monitor ourselves and just keep it all internal and we don't we don't have to use an outside mixer and just all these things about using ableton really worked and as we kept doing it we started recording ourselves and we we would send it through speakers where his wife would be writing in in the living room and she was grooving to it and then uh, we played it for jamie janover who's the owner of sonic bloom uh and at the time he was like well he get ready to do the first sonic bloom festival and that would be a great uh venue for you guys to debut your your group and we're like well we're not really a group and he's like oh it sounds great that you should do it and so <laughs> we're like okay our first performance is going to be sonic bloom the very first sonic bloom and nice. uh, yeah, so that's that's some cool history with that festival. And I think that very first Sonic, Sonic Bloom at Mishawaka Festival, it was like uh, it was like Bass Nectar and Glitch Mob and and all these you know people that w- were only playing to like a hundred people out in Colorado, you know, when they tour out here. Cool. Yes. And then we then we uh, let's see. Then we would do it. We did a couple of String Cheese after shows, and then there was a point where String Cheese was was breaking up actually, and we were like, well, what are we going to do? Everyone else has songwriters of the song that can perform, you know, string cheese songs and have it be their songs. And we we're like, well, let's, let's uh, make a commitment and, and uh, dig in and give it a run for a tour and, and see uh, how it goes. Cause we loved what we were doing and we had some money saved. Um, so we went for it and it just kind of took on, uh, it got enough traction where we were just like, okay, well let's, let's book another tour. <laughs> and, then, and then it got, it got crazy. It's got crazy. Yeah. And then, then you started having the 96 yeah. shows in 103 days and all that. Yeah. Stuff. Travis, yeah. 
Travis bought an RV and uh, we would pay for the gas money from, at that time, we were only playing at like 50 people a show. And we, we actually had to take string cheese off of the, uh, off of the bill uh, from it being Jay, uh, Travis and Jason from string cheese. Because we we would notice at, at the time we thought it was going to be automatic. Oh, we get automatic. We could just play for string cheese crowds and they'll come out. But a yeah. lot of uh, the people that would see our Yoto setup would see like I'm playing drums and Travis is playing guitar and bass and keyboards and there's a computer on stage and this is 2006 <laughs> where yeah. like, uh, you wouldn't catch a you know a jam band with a computer anywhere near the stage. No way. And, uh, yeah. So yeah. so a lot of the older crowd ju- just really didn't didn't like it. And we were like, well, we don't want to have people come into our shows with their arms crossed in the back of the room when there's like kids up front that are like, who the fuck are you guys? What the hell are you doing? Yeah. And uh, we were like, we want those kids, to, the kids that are going to throw down, you know? So right. we, we took String Cheese's name off the flyer and we were, you know, it meant playing with smaller crowds. But again, that's the thing. It's like what you were talking about, Megan, earlier. It's like, just don't give a fuck and go for it. You like what you're doing. And, you know, you get out there and see, see if other people like it enough where, uh, you know, you can build your own audience for it. Yeah. Yeah. You start something new, build something new. And like, I'm when I, I think I saw you guys, I've seen you guys twice as Ioto. One was um, the show that Megan referred to earlier at the Skyway Theater. All right. Uh, that we like, I played guitar with Megan. So I played with you guys at that show and it was super sick. And then I saw you guys at one of the infrasounds. I'm sure you played a few of them. Oh, yeah. It was the one where it was like super rainy and you guys were playing a sunrise set. And I had never like that weather sucked so bad. Uh, we had played earlier in the day and my <laughs> shoes were soaking. I was just like miserable, uncomfortable <laughs> the whole time. But I got up to go see that that set. Oh, and I saw so many people, like, they're just grooving. And, like, this one guy, I, I swear to God. And I was with you. Yeah, did you wake me up to go? Like, I don't know, but I just remember for once in my life, I was up at that hour. Yeah. I never. <laughs> was I that that like, by, like, by, like, 10 p.m. Was that with that guy, like, face-planted into, like, the no, foot-deep mud? He didn't face-plant into it. He dove into oh, he it. Dove? And he was yeah. taking his shit. Oh, and yeah. he was straight up humping the mud. And oh, yeah, they had to pull him out. They had to pull him out. They had to pull him out, yeah. Cause, yeah, because he was getting down with the mud. See, um, down. <laughs> yeah, Infraswap. Yeah, Infraswap. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the yeah, the second stage got like uh, so muddied and swamped out that they had to shut it down or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Was, I remember yeah, that. People, okay. couldn't, people couldn't walk to it because it was like a quarter mile walk, and it was just like through the mud, and people were like, there'd be like shoes that were stuck there and socks, and like you could just <laughs> see a trail of people like they belongings. moved the venue this year to Harmony Park in Clark's Grove, oh, yeah. which I'm sure you're familiar with. Oh yeah, um, and people are pissed. Oh. Which I find it funny. I think it's Harmony's as close as it's going to get to being NCN, which was my favorite venue oh, that yeah. they've ever had for that. Oh. But um, Black River Falls didn't really want a BDSM campgrounds outside of, of um, <laughs> city grounds, so that didn't last very long. But anyway, um, it was funny. All these people are pissed off that it's at Harmony this year, and I have no idea why. I was gonna ask why, why? Because it, uh, it doesn't seem like they can get as ratchet. Yeah, I think that's yeah, exactly I think that's it. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just there's an awesome meme floating around of like the South Park therapist being like, "Show me on this doll where Harmony Park hurt you." <laughs> <laughs> I, have to, I think it's a weird location for it, just because like Harmony Park, um, it's a smaller, much smaller, and I think. Uh, I just have a feel it's like bigger than NCN. 
Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. You know what? I don't know. I don't know why people always have a stick up their butt. You know? <laughs> they they yeah, want to find. They have to find all new places to bury their nitrous tanks. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Well, you you know, make it was so funny when I played at um, at Priceless Festival. or uh-huh. No, maybe it was Wave Spell. I don't remember. Um, one of those two. I, I remember I was at Belden. And, like, it was a Sunday morning, and we were trudging through the sand with all our shit trying to get to the car. <laughs> and it was like, you know, everyone was packing up, like the whole festival was packing up and getting ready to leave. It's just hilarious that like the soundtrack of walking through the car was literally throwing away of every nitrous tank. Oh that my God. In their tent. So you could just hear it. It was just like littering like really? the left and right sides of the pathway. I could hear it everywhere. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe someone had to just make samples of like everything you hear from a nitrous, you know, that you're like, <laughs> There we go. That's our That'd be brilliant. That would be like they could do, um, like you know, they did the dub side of the moon. They could do that with like uh, nitrous, you know, sort of like just bong hits and stuff. Oh God! <laughs> they make the whole rhythm track out of all those sounds. It's yeah, cool. just like, <laughs> that'd be great. Definitely impressive. Yeah, bucket list: make track auxiliary percussion using only nitrous. Well, that's nitrous. Right. And maybe a sample, of, maybe a sample of someone hitting the floor. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but like this guy that i saw like wandering around like oh i like you guys i like you guys like when yeah. he's on yeah. <laughs> yeah, get that, Dude, we, that guy and record him yeah. we rolled up to this festival <laughs> once that we were already sort of innately skeptical about and it ended up being a really funny experience being how bad it ended up being but oh you're talking about the up in michigan yes <laughs> we had to show up in like marquette and i forget it was called you know like Something you know, whatever. sacred flower of life, geometry, sunrise, <laughs> cosmic serenity festival, or whatever. Yeah, it's like Mad Libs. Like that, yeah. yeah, yeah, Mad Libs. And, Mad, Mad um, Libs of Hippie Libs. <laughs> 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 Hippie Mad Libs Festival. Oh, the GFTOFU something fast. I was going to spell it wrong, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Oh yeah, that old thing. So um, we roll up and we there was not even like a gate person. We're just like okay. So we just like parked by what we saw was a stage. Yeah. And we like get out and I talked to one person. I'm like, I'm looking for uh, some guy named Shaggy. <laughs> and I don't think uh, we were managed at the time. Were we nah, no, we were just doing it all. I was doing it still. Solo. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I can't this remember. one really yeah. slipped through the cracks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, y'all know where Shaggy is? And they're like, oh, yeah, he's around. I'm like oh yeah. fucking sweet oh great yeah yeah so then um then we're like we're like getting our gear out of the car and this wook ass dude walks up with a nitrous tank under his arm and he's like hey i'm shaggy like <laughs> thanks for coming to my festival man like you know and so then he's like so like we had a problem with the stage it didn't show up. So, <laughs> it didn't show. Yeah, like literally. He's like, we had a problem with the, 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 stage. the stage that you were supposed to play on. We don't have a stage. <laughs> and so he's like, but we have some tables and a PA system. Sweet. And um, you guys can play or you don't have to, but. but as long as you want. Yeah, you can play as long as you want. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah, I'm, like, I'll, I'm like, okay. This is ridiculous, but I want my money, and no, I want to go to a hotel, and I want to leave. Yeah, so we played to fulfill our contract. I think we were managed so by what, Jamie at the time. Happened, but, like, yeah. He wasn't really caring so much. Well, no, so. yeah, so what happened was 
we got into this area where the PA was, and it was legit a warehouse with all the lights on mm-hmm. and yeah. like two six foot tables with a PA, <laughs> and then one Native Instruments two input interface. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's what they were using. <laughs> and I had brought my bass guitar or something. No, 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 no. They had a drum kit set up from um, some, that some other Chumbawamba band. band or whatever. They weren't Chumbawamba. They actually pretty cool. It was like cool. a mixture of Chupacabra and Chumbawamba. Yeah, and they're from Chicago. I put them on Facebook. They're from Chicago. They're really good, actually. Okay. They're really cool. Yeah, damn. Anyway. I feel bad right now. I can't remember. But um, they were awesome. And they got they pulled, they just drove their freaking RV into the warehouse. Wow. They were just like, fuck this. They also had gotten, had been like screwed over, basically. Screwed over and were supposed yeah. to play and had been put in this like <laughs> position where they could, yeah, play through the PA. So <laughs> they let me, um, so I couldn't even plug into the interface because they had no Wi Fi out there and I had no service to hotspot and I didn't have the driver for the stupid interface. And so I couldn't even play my set on what they had for Good us. Good Lord. So thank God I had Pat and Jimmy and I think Tim, our saxophonist at the time. Yeah. And they had the drum kit out. So I just sat on the drums and we just played. We just, we just fucked around and jammed for an hour. And I was yeah. like, give me my money. Yeah. <laughs> but he, then he was already gone at that point. But then yeah. they couldn't, oh. find, couldn't find him. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we have a long story short. It really sucked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it it wasn't the first. Or sometimes the last you time. gotta you gotta learn these lessons. Sometimes you totally you know? do, and then go from there. In that wild, yeah, be in a band. They said it'll be glamorous. They said, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh my god, I'm still trying to figure out who they are. Who's in, who yeah, who's this is like a, a glamorous yeah. life. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I yeah, I've definitely thought it. You know, it's just like when you're doing it, and then you you start paying your dues, and and then you either survive that and go on to like glorious things with it or you're like fuck this this was a this was not the you know the program but it's uh mm-hmm. it's kind of funny that that's there's some weird charm in that about you know getting somehow having those bad experiences and getting through them and knowing that what well, you could see something like that coming from far away yeah yeah yeah, it makes for good stories. I always think if you're in a shitty situation, like you think like, well, tomorrow this will be a good story. Yeah, um, right. And like, you make I, it, I mean, it, it oh, is funny you say like the like going out and paying your dues. I feel like once you get outside as a band or a producer or a DJ, whatever, once you get outside of your bedroom or your basement yeah. and you start going out there and touring and playing some of these gigs and you have some of this stuff, this will weed people out real quick. Like, this will yeah. weed people out who wants to be there or who can actually like hang and do like handle all that shit yeah totally I mean, it happens if, real quick like i think everybody ever plays to nobody even like yeah. when you get big sometimes oh, yeah, of i've seen some of my favorite acts who are who do really well and right like, certain markets yeah and, and you'll just have like a fluke of a night where they end up playing like five people and you're like how is this happening yeah, yeah. Well, oh no even, we had a we had a ioto in syracuse this is what made us want to get a publicity agent it's one of our very first stores we're in syracuse they were supposed to open the Westcott Theater. I don't know if you played there yet, but it, it's been around for a while now. But when we were supposed to be play opening night of the Westcott Theater, and it wasn't ready yet, and so the promoters changed the venue like the day of the show. They thought it was going to be ready. They didn't put a sign on Westcott Theater saying where the show was going to because they didn't know where it was going to be at <laughs> until it was close to like loading time and like their 
I don't know, a friend of the promoters said, yeah, you can use my club. So we had uh, two paying people that day. Oh, no. We just spent, we just spent the rest of our time uh, like just inviting random people. Oh, just come in here. There's no, there's no charge. And we we're just like, you know, screw whatever the promoter wanted. And we we're just like, no, we just want people in the club. And we just did that ourselves. But that made us say, like, uh, say, feel like, well, we should get a, a publicity agent. And, uh, and especially for, for that market, because it was just like, you know, when, when the ship's going down, who can be on the phone and just hustling that, trying to either save it or, you know, being so on top of it that, that, uh, you know, you just know there's a way to, to now it's a lot easier with Facebook and stuff. This is, this is my space day. Yeah. I was just right. trying to fathom how like tough that would be. Basically, I mean, you've been like, through like so many different, uh, phases of like, I don't know, learning or like the phases of marketing when it comes to music and how things are spread and how like, Oh yeah. Right. Go from like an era where it's like, Imagine you just got to get on the without landline. Facebook now, then, like, right. Yeah, face, Facebook. Now I got Instagram. And then there's like when text messages were prominent, <laughs> like you could do text blasts and shit. And they oh, yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think of even in that time, it was still just like, you know, you had your mailing list and even though it was an email mailing list, which is quite a bit easier than, you know, mail putting stuff in the mail, which I definitely did that, you know, back in the day. Too. And we thought, well, oh, with an email list, holy Christ, it just made it so much easier. But, you know, not everyone had email. Yeah. All these phases. Yeah. That, uh, and then there's still no guarantees. Everyone's still trying to figure out how to get more people to get, get to their thing. So you just, uh, it kind of goes back to like the DAW story. You, you know, if, if you've got your, your advertising thing so down that, that, that you know how to be in touch with your people's and, stuff like that there's not a whole lot of reasons to change but if something new comes along and it's like you try it out and you can either integrate it until you see that it's a better it, something that could work out better or no it's it's not worth it then uh you know you kind of make your moves as you as uh, you evolve yeah for sure for sure man um hey well we're gonna be wrapping things up here uh yeah. thanks for thanks for taking the time i mean i know you're a busy guy yeah, and we were so able much. to catch you here for like yeah. uh, your 10 days off for the summer uh, but before we get going do you want to remind uh our listeners here what you got coming up this summer where you can catch yoda where you can catch string cheese oh yeah and where you can catch uh profit massive oh yeah okay uh this is good i, I think i i can uh get this going electric forest is going to be uh uh, string cheese, three nights of string cheese, and uh, Iota late night on uh, twenty on uh, July twenty seventh, uh, and then the week after that, uh, string cheese is going to be in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, for July third and fourth, and then Atlanta on July fifth and sixth, and uh, I'm going to do a profit massive after show on in Atlanta on July fifth. Uh, let's see, and then we do oh, and then I, I'm doing. Uh, profit massive show in uh, on July 11th in Dallas at uh, Deep Ellum, and uh, that's, uh, excited about that. And then on July 13th, I'm doing Profit Massive in uh, Peoria on the Peoria waterfront. And then the week after that, we do String Cheese in Dillon on July 16th and 17th, and then we do String Cheese at Red Rocks on July 19th, 20th, and 21st. And then July 24th, we do, or July 25th, we do String Cheese at Peach Fest. 
on the 25th and 26th. And then we do String Cheese Floyd Fest on July 27th, 28th. And, uh, and then I'll just do one more week. And, and actually that week, uh, uh, Megan, uh, it's going to be interesting. We're, we're going to come back to the studio in uh, at our studio in Louisville and just set up Yodo. And we're kind of trying to get an Yodo 3.0 setup. Uh, that's kind of changing our setup a little bit and just trying to be creative and taking it to the next uh, level. And then that, and uh, it's just nice to sort of retool a little bit because sometimes you get a little too comfortable. Yeah, I mean, I can like spur some different creativity too. For absolutely, yeah, just push it and uh, kick the can a little bit. And yeah. uh, and then we do Iodo at the uh, workout on uh, the weekend of uh, August third. Uh, weekend of yeah of August third. Are you at Are you at the workout by any chance, Megan? No, I'm not. Um, I think I'm in like New Brunswick at that time. Oh, okay. Uh, on that particular week. Well, let, let's uh, find each other uh, at uh, well Sonic Bloom. We'll definitely get the, the hang in uh, this Friday. And- totally. I'm gonna text you in a little bit. Okay, love it. And thanks for having me on your podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, we thanks really again, appreciate man. it. Yeah. I'll see you this weekend. We'll get down. Uh, yeah, ladies no. and gentlemen, if you're listening in your car at home, give Jason Han a round of applause. Whoa! Oh, my God. Right. Thank you, peoples. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you, Jason, so thank much. You, Jason. He's such a busy guy, and we've been planning this out for you guys for a while to get him on the show. And we finally were able to lock him down. I mean, this has been about four months, four or five months of trying to lock down a date that worked for everybody. And he finally had 10 days off. Well, you guys can hear exactly why it was so yeah. hard. I mean, he's constantly playing. He perform, he outperforms many of the modern people my age that are just, yeah. we, that I feel like are on tour constantly, like closey and stuff. And then you've right. got Jason who's touring all over with like 20 instruments and all this other shit. Right. And he's setting it up himself and he's killing it. He's so fun to watch. He's always in a good mood. Anyway, I just don't have an, yeah. enough good things to say about Jason Hand. So if you guys get a chance to see String Cheese or see Iodo or go see Profit Massive, go do it because it's it. phenomenal. And uh, I want to apologize. I really dropped the ball on the audio quality this week. Uh, totally my fault. It happens, But man. you know what? That that happens, and we learn from lessons yeah, like this. You guys can still hear and at the end what of the we day, At the end of the day, you know what? We're all going to die anyway. doesn't fucking matter. Very nice, Pat. Yeah. So there's a little nihilism brought to you by <laughs> it doesn't fucking the matter. mad patter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and anyway, so yeah, go listen to Jason Hahn. Uh, if you get a chance today, go listen to Hayden James and go listen to the... Bud- the Budos Band. The Budos Band. Everybody. Go check out the Budos Band. Yeah. yeah sick. And hey, uh, you are... This episode is actually going to be coming out on by the time you get back, but you're going to Sonic Bloom. This weekend, right? Yes, I, I hopefully will have hung out with Jason quite a bit. He's going to be playing like a couple hours prior to me, like we just discussed in the interview. So yeah, um, for anybody I'm going, excited to see his set. Yeah, anybody going up to Sonic Bloom, there's a slew of great music to check out, as you probably know if you're going. Duh, right there. Yeah, uh, no, but it's a really cool yeah. lineup this year. They did a great job with it. I'm really excited yeah. to be there. I will have played on Friday at 11 p.m., so hopefully, in retrospect, my set went well. <laughs> and it Knock didn't rain or anything. Alrighty, there we go. All right. Hey, how was Playthink? You just got back from Kentucky. I did. I I I didn't know what to think of it going out there because it wasn't something that I had really heard of before. I know that right. Chloe had played it last year and it looked like it was well run on, on the page and everything. And 
you just can, you don't know what to expect sometimes. And I've never been to Kentucky at all. So I definitely didn't really know what to think. And it was beautiful out there. It's very green, very hilly, um, lots of tiny little towns and every single house looks like a plantation. It's kind of crazy touring. You see like all the different architectural styles of like residential homes all over the country and how they correlate to each other and how different they are from different sections of the country. Like every house in Minnesota pretty much has like a three season porch, you know, right. Every single one in Kentucky had like little pillars and a front porch. Crazy. So anyway, um, it was really pretty out there. We had like no service for like four or five days unless you climbed to the top of this fricking hill. And it was like not exhausting AF, but definitely not something I wanted to do. Like right when I woke up every day to be like, Oh, I should go check my email. And like, uh, like I <laughs> let's go climb this hill. Right. It was kind of nice to not to, to be away from everything for a little while. And everyone at the festival, it's technically a sober festival. Um, everyone at the festival who was running, it was the nicest people on the planet. Everyone was constantly concerned with our well being and making sure we had everything that we needed. And, that was really, really nice to have someone to feel like you're cared about when you've driven like 15 hours out to do your thing for people. And right. they took really good care of us. And we met a lot of really awesome people while we were there. There's like a hundred classes you can take every single day of the festival there. So it's like a technically a flow arts fest, right? Yeah, they had, it's technically a flow festival. Flow festival. Uh, okay. Paige, the, the person who started the festival, uh, I think in correlation with Cookie, who was our homie that basically did all the AR for us. Okay. Uh, him and Soda, they started it based on like that Paige felt like she'd sort of plateaued doing the hooping thing like about 10 years ago or something. And she decided she wanted to start an event where she could invite people to teach each other more stuff about different flow things so that she could learn more of her own prop. Sure. And so she started PlayThink and I think this was its eighth year or something like that. And they have 1700 people in attendance this year. Wow. So awesome. it's a big, that's a, a good cool size thing. though for festival. Like those are always kind of like f- for me, uh, for me, okay, can't rip off the Bill Burr podcast, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, for me, those are always like the coolest festivals to play and attend actually. I, you know what? I take that back. I do I like think there's a, going to big the festivals. Grass is greener, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They both have their perks. Too, they but both I think have their appeals, but small if it's ones like, are nice. Small, but like not not too small, not like a hundred people. Like that's always good. Yeah, those are weird ones. Yeah, I'd say a a well-run small festival has probably around fifteen hundred people at it. Yes, that's what I would equate that to. Yes, anything less is more of just like a small gathering. gathering. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So anyway, um, it was super well-run. There was like I said, a hundred classes you could take every day from hoops and things on strings and sticks. You know, it's like contact staff and dragon staff and poi and hula dancing and indo board balancing classes, juggling, henna tattoos. I mean, anything you can pretty much think of, they had some crazy class for it. Origami, Tao origami. Ooh, origami's awesome. The only thing they didn't have that I really wish they would have was, I really want to try Tai Chi. But that's just me. What is... Like Tai Chi. Isn't that like like milk tea? No. What am I thinking of? Thai tea. Chai tea. Oh. (laughs) Chai tea. That's what oh I thought. You're What's Tai Chi me. then? <laughs> oh my God. You're killing me right now. Um, right. So anyway, Tai Chi would have been cool. <clears throat> Play think. No, just kidding. You guys had so much going on. It was really fun. And it was really cool and a different experience to walk around and see everybody there being so motivated. You know, no one was sitting around their campfire getting shit canned all day. That wasn't right. the main 
co- that wasn't the common denominator of people's purpose there. Right. Their purpose there was to teach or to learn or to both. And so it was just constant hustle and bustle, but not in an overwhelming way. And I don't know that the festival's totally sober, but I would say like they definitely weed out all the people that would be assholes. Right. In that regard by saying that it is. So sure. people yeah. that want to do what they want to do, they do it responsibly. And I didn't see any evidence of someone having a rager. Yeah, or yeah. have or interrupting anyone's time because they were trying to have a rager. I, there was no there was none of that. So that yeah. was really really cool. Everybody there was just excited to learn new stuff and to share skills with each other. They even had like a thing called skill swap there where you could just go show up to this spot with your prop and you could just like meet other people in their props and you'd like pair up with somebody who knew something you wanted to learn and you just swap skills. Cool. So it was really cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Play hey, think is awesome. If you're a flow artist, you should totally look at it and go to it. Yeah. Um, I want to learn how to ride a skateboard. Okay. Well, they have that, that class. That class is right outside my house right now. There's a, there's a longboard right behind me. You can go No, not a longboard, like a banana board. Like a a normal, banana board? I don't know what they call it. It looks like banana peel, like a normal skateboard. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway, everybody, <laughs> thank you for joining us this week on the Green Room Podcast. I hope you enjoyed Jason Han. One more round of applause for Jason. We'll see you next time. Bye.